0: Blog Talk Radio. D-backs Fan Fest is this Saturday, February 9th, from 12 p.m. Mountain to 4 p.m. Mountain. We will be talking about the d what the d have to offer, including live shows, player and alumni autographs, and VR hitting. On top of that, we will discuss new potential rule changes that could be coming to the MLB soon, like the Universal DH and the 3-batter minimum.
1: Hello, Diamondback Nation! Welcome back to the Rattle of Podcast. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday night and looking forward to the weekend. Uh, spring training is right around the corner. Uh, we got a few announcements here before we kick off the show. Uh, if you're still looking for some cheap spring training tickets, uh, you know, trying to hit a few games, uh, you can go to stubyard.com and you can uh, use the code BPN10 and get 10 percent off your purchase. Again, that is BPN10. And also uh, on Baseball Podcast. Um, if you go to the Baseball Podcast Network uh, website, we we are having also a sale um, on our Gerard Dyson uh, design for February. Uh, it's it's just a picture of Gerard Dyson. It says Zoom by which is just, it's just a, it's his nickname. Looks pretty cool. So you can you can also go check that out. Same code BPN10, uh, right there. And uh, also if you if you would like to call into the podcast, the number is eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. Again, that is eight four five two seven seven nine, three, four, five, we got some stuff to talk about here. Okay. So actually just a few minutes before the show started at, um, what is that? That's six fifty three, mountain time. Uh, John Heyman tweeted out that Mark, Mark, uh, signed a $1.5 million deal, uh, plus 500,000 if he makes the majors with the D backs. Um, he is a left-hander veteran left-hander. He's been pitching since 2009, uh, since his age 23 season, and he's been a pretty solid left-hander, um, all year or all his career. And, uh, again, I think this is adds depth. Uh, Chris,
0: do you have any initial thoughts on this? Um, not really. It's a relatively small signing. Uh, he probably won't be in the majors for long, if at all. And I don't, I don't think he's going to do anything. So I don't really have much. If, if anything adds, adds depth. He's kind of our fourth lefty that we have. Um,
1: But anyway, after that bit of news, we're going to flip it over to Benson. He's going to give us our meal bag questions. So if we can just get get that started.
2: Yeah, so our first question is from William. Why do they keep wanting the Universal DH? There would be no difference between the leagues anymore.
1: Well, again, I think the whole thing Rob Manfred and all the guys, all the executives at MLB are trying to do is they're trying to make the game more fun to watch because, you know, as you can see, um, baseball, like just they're trying to reach that younger audience and they're trying to compete with, you know, sports like the NFL and the NBA, and they're trying to make baseball more exciting. And, you know, to the average viewer, um, or to the average fan, you know, hard like hardcore fans like me, I, I like seeing pictures. I think it just adds strategy to the game, but not everyone sees that or not everyone understands it. So, um, yeah, um. If they add a DH, they're adding another bat in the lineup, and the DH is usually, you know, one of the top top bats in the lineup, and that would just, you know, be more exciting. Um, and I I can see why they would do it,
0: and I think that it it could be a a pretty
1: good move for baseball,
0: but yeah. Yeah, it definitely would add more offense, but I think that the more dedicated fans understand the strategy that goes into. Making a uh, having a pitcher hit, when to take him out, whether what to have him do, or just watching him hit. Sometimes that could be interesting when they're actually good. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they're adding it to make it more interesting and make more offense, which is what they've been trying to do for a while now. But I, I don't think it's a good idea, and um, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, next question, please.
2: This question is from Matt. What was the worst rule change during this all season?
1: Um, well, there wasn't actually. Um, I think there was only one rule change about. I can't forget what it's about, but there wasn't. Uh, I'm guessing he's talking about the, the proposed uh, rule changes. Um, um, I honestly, I think that the uh, the single trade deadline before the All Star break. I, I think before the All Star break is way too early for a team just to judge because, you know. Uh, you know, um, I'm pretty sure when when Jake Lamb got injured, and in pre- that was after the All Star game, right? Chris, do you remember? I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, and then they had to trade for Eduardo Escobar. If you make that deadline before the All Star break, um, that's just not that's just, that's like early July, and that's not giving up teams enough time to you know, you know, decide like what they need to address, and you know, injuries can pop up at any time. So yeah, I guess it's the worst.
0: I think the worst one that they're worth talking about is the three batter minimum for the pitchers. I think that, that it would definitely speed up games, make them a little bit shorter, but it's part of the game. And if you don't let them change their pitchers often, uh, then those pitchers, they might get more tired. They're not, there's a lot of pitchers that aren't supposed to go for that long that often. So you can't use them multiple days for short situations because they have to pitch three batters. So I think that's the worst one. Next question.
2: All right. We have time for one more question. It's from Nicholas. How do you think the pitch and rotation and bullpen is going to hold up this season?
1: See, um, if you look at the bullpen, it is actually, I think it's honestly gotten better from last season because it's pretty much the same. You're getting rid of Brad Boxberger and you're also adding guys like Greg Holland, um, you know, some veterans there that can make it more stable. Um, I still think they're gonna. I don't still. I don't think they're gonna be elite bullpen. Don't get me wrong, but I think there still are some guys there that are decent. And you know, who knows if we're a competitive team? We get trade. We get a. You know, and we get another solid bullpen arm, then who knows?
0: Um, I think the uh, starting rotation is gonna hold up better than the bullpen. I think that they've uh, the starting rotation is was better than the bullpen last year, and it's really been the better for most of the time. But uh, I think that they're both gonna hold up rel- well, but not well enough to do anything like competing-wise. But I think they're gonna—it's gonna hold up pretty well. So that'll do it for the mailbag. Thank you guys for sending in those questions.
1: Uh, we're gonna move into our first topic here, and that is uh, actually tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow, I guess, afternoon is D-backs Fan Fest for 2019. It's their annual event that they held, hold at uh, Salt River Fields at their spring training facility. It's going to be from noon to four. Uh, that's Mountain Time. Um, so if any of you are planning to go to that, we're just going to give you a quick rundown of what they what they have to offer. So there's going to be you know there's going to be you know uh, shows on, on on their like quote unquote stage, and they also have things like player autographs. Uh, they have a yard sale there. Um, yeah, and they and they they have a lot of different um they have a lot of different events set up. They they have you know things they have um they they have events for a whole, like the whole family pretty much. Um, this is some, some notable players that are going to be there. You have David Peralta, Archie Bradley, uh, Jake Lamb, Robbie Ray, uh, Nick Omic, Tom Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Harano, all those, all these, all those, you know, major league guys, except for guys like Zach Granke, um, who are, who's not attending this year. And then you also have some, uh, alumni like Luis Gonzalez, Randy Johnson, some guys like that. Um, so, and, and a lot of the coaching staff as well. So yeah. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty cool. I'm actually gonna be planning on going to that. So if any of y'all want to meet me there, um, my uh, my Instagram is at everything D-backs and you can, uh, you know, if we, yeah, pretty much. Anyway, so oh yeah, and, and uh, also Dbacks partner um, the Dbacks partner Cox, which is I think is their uh, I think the official internet provider or whatever the Dbacks. They have a, a virtual uh, reality setup. And uh, what this virtual reality thing is, it's actually pretty cool. Um They have, it's pretty much, yeah, it's, it's VR, but it's meant to simulate a stadium or just like, you know, just like a baseball field. And so you, you put on a VR headset and you don't actually use a real bat, but it's like a, it's like a simulated bat. And it actually gives you like some stat, like, like, like some like statistics of like launch angle, exit velo, And that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, just going through some of the shows at 1220, you're going to have, um, Mike Case and Tori Lovello, so the, you know the management guys that are going to be, um, you know, that, that are going to be talk to me there. You know, probably just go over that the the state of the team and every everything like that. Uh, one at uh, one p.m. There's going to be, actually, sorry, at twelve fifty, Fox Sports is going to have a sp- uh, a special announcement. Not sure what that could be, but you know, if you're there, look out for that. Um, so, one p.m. Jake Lamb, David Peralta, and Nick Ahmed are all going to be uh, joined by the Diamondbacks commentator Steve Berthume. and then uh yeah just we have some more shows after that um and again there you know there's um and then there's also a bunch of con- uh, concessions they have the dutch bros there um just just you know all a bunch they have a bunch of food there too um so chris how, how do you think that the d-backs fan fest and pretty much fan fest for every single team how do you think it impacts the team like going into spring training do you think it's like there's anything that they can take out of it
0: um, I don't really think it might bring, like, fans closer together, but uh, I don't think it really affects the actual team itself. I used to go a lot when it was still in Chase Field, and it was uh, really fun. It was went before I was 13, they still had it there. They had free autographs for the kids, and uh, I don't know if they still do, but I th- it's a really good experience for fans, and it definitely brings the fans closer to the team and closer because all the D-backs fans all right there. But uh, I I don't think it really affects the team itself though. But definitely yeah. it helps the fans bring them together. Yeah,
1: I mean it, it it is free by the way, so you can go claim your ticket online. Just uh, Google d Fan Fest. There's a there'll be a link there. Um, but yeah, I I was planning on going last year, and then I saw actually on the Dimeback Instagram story. I think it was like 9 a.m., so three hours before the event, and the line was ext- like incredibly long for the autograph field. So I'm, I'm I'm anticipating some of that uh, this year, especially. Um, Probably not as much since the team isn't isn't as great and and guys like you know Goldschmidt have left, left the team, but I think it's still going to be a pretty long line. It seems like it's going to be, it seems like it's going to be a popular event. Um, yeah. So again, there's going to be um, just some things. Yeah, an autograph field out in one of the practice fields, and then there's going to be a yard sale, which is just going to be uh, D backs merchandise at a discounted rate. Uh, I'm not sure how how much discounted it is. but um, but yeah, there, there's that there. Um, and a baseball activities field, I'm guessing that's for like younger kids. So yeah. And then pretty much that. So I think it's going to, yeah. So Diamondbacks fan fest from 12 to, from 12 to four tomorrow. Um, that's pretty much going to be that. So again, if you, if you, uh, yeah, if, you, if yeah, just some information, if you're planning to go out there, uh, we're going to actually move into our next topic here, because it seems like there's nothing else to talk about about the fan fest. Um, over the, past, over the last week, um, there's been a lot of talk about some possible new uh, rule changes that they might be implementing. Um, I think Ken Rosenthal th- f- first reported on this. Um, there's, there was eight rule changes that, that they were talked about uh, between the MLBPA and the MLB. Um, I'm just going to go through them real quick. So a three-batter minimum for pitchers, a universal DH or designated hitter, a single-trade deadline before the All-Star break, a 20-second pitch clock, the expansion of rosters 26 and with the 12th pitcher maximum. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. A study to lower the mound and a rule that would allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts, also known as the Kyler Murray rule. I guess we'll just start right here and then continue in our next segment. Um, so, Chris, first of all, I think you already talked about this. Um, what do you think of the three batter, batter minimum for pitchers?
0: I, I don't think it's a good idea. I think that Putting pitchers in is a strategy, especially in like late season when it's coming down to the close games that really matter. And I think that being able to switch your pitchers so that you can have lefties and lefties and righties and righties or whatever you want to do is definitely part of the game that they shouldn't change because it's just, again, it's part of the strategy there.
1: Yeah, and again, um, well, um, I think if they put in the three batter minimum, they would also have to put in the, the, the DH because... You know, there. I, I thought of a scenario. Say you have a guy um, in the in the bottom of an inning, or the end of an inning. He straight, he get, he's in there, and he get, and he gets the final out of an inning, but then his spots do up next in next in you know in the next inning, and you're obviously you're going to pinch hit for him because you don't want a reliever out there swinging a bat, especially if it's a close ball game. So, um, so yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah, I I, th- I think if if they were going to implement that rule, I think I'd implement both of them. And then again, there is the whole thing, oh, I say, oh, a guy can just fake an injury and say, oh, I'm, I'm uh, like, like, I say that they say like, they had a spasm or back spasm or something like that. And there's no way to stop that. You can't say, oh, no, you're not injured because, you know, yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, that's going to do it for our first segment. We're going to hit an ad here and then we'll continue talking about this in the next
2: Hey guys, this is Bunsen from Bucko Booth, also a producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern for a special episode of Bucko Booth. We're going to be talking about the Nick Franklin and Tom Kohler signings and how they impact the roster heading in 2019, as well as the recent proposed rule changes and if the designated hitter may be coming to the National League. Who would fill that role? Would it be Diaz, Gong, Chisnall? All that, and we'll be breaking down all the rule changes as well. We're going to be talking about the Francisco Liriano signing and how bringing Papa Francisco back to the Berg is going to be an effective move. All this and much more on this week's episode of Bucket Booth at 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. You don't want to miss it. Reminder, 8 a.m. Saturday. I'll be there, so uh, we'll see you there. Enjoy the rest of this episode, and we'll see you Saturday.
1: Alright, welcome back to the show. We're gonna we're gonna continue our talk here about some MLB rule changes. Um, I think they are. Oh yeah, you're reported by Ken Rosenthal. So again, with the three batter minimum, uh, I think that it's just it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of situations where it's gonna be again it's gonna be hard to enforce because a team you know a batter or a pitcher could just fake an injury and all that. But here's the thing: if if it's a three batter minimum, I know you're supposed to have confidence in your pitchers. Obviously, that's why they're on the roster, but Say so you bring in a lefty and there's two lefties up and then a righty after that, and then the, you know, the, you bring in the lefty, you're supposed to get the two outs and then you know, you're supposed to face the third batter. But say they get rocks in the first two batters and obviously if you if the if if the if the if you know if you bring in a lefty and then the two two lefties immediately you know get get a hit off him or get on base, obviously you're gonna want to take him out because you know, how I mean, how are they going how are they gonna do against the righty? It's probably not gonna be very good. But then again, you would say, "Oh, he has to th- face three batters," and that would put that team at a, at a disadvantage, um, you know. Because, yeah, and and that would also make you know, I, uh, Joe Madden does this a lot, doing you know, making their lineup left, right, left, right, left, right. You know, um, that would make it a lot there. Um, you know, that would make it a lot more overpowered because then you couldn't play matchups because you would have to always leave in one guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Get yeah, the putting in pitchers is definitely the strategy of the game recently. With uh, managers like Madden doing the left-right, left-right thing, and it's definitely something that is uh, going to stick around if, unless they uh, ban taking it, putting in a pitcher and taking him out. But uh, it's going to happen, and I uh, definitely think it's a bad idea. And uh, the.
1: I think some people say the main reason why they're doing it, yeah, it is it will speed up the game. But I mean, baseball is 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 that longer sport, and I think that you know, I think they make obviously they make up more commercial revenue off of that. And I know fans, you know, they don't like seeing a pitcher come in, you know, like three times an inning. But that is just kind of how baseball works. And managers are gonna, managers are going to put in the, the guy who they think is going to get is going to get the, have the highest chance of getting it out. They're not going to leave a guy out there because it's going to speed up the game. They don't care how long. They don't care if the game will last eight hours. They they want to like win the game because that, that's what their job is. So yeah, I mean it. I think there's other ways to speed up the game. Um, like you know, just less time in between innings, less time you know between you know the uh, and or like just or less warm up pitches for, for like a new pitcher or anything anything like that because right now they get eight warm up pitches and you know they're already warming warming up in the bullpen. I don't really think they need like eight more. I mean, if you give them like a couple, I get that. But I think eight is too much. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that they definitely need a few pitches when they get on the mound just to get a feel of the mound And uh, after they run out from the bullpen. and But I definitely don't think they need that many, maybe like three or four. Cut that number in half and make it so that four pitches, if you change your pitcher five times a game, will speed up the game a, a few minutes. But a few minutes sometimes makes a difference.
1: Yeah, um, so I think we're uh, done discussing that rule. Another rule that they, uh, another rule that we're talking about here, um, is yeah, is a 20-second pitch clock. Now I'm actually, a, a, I'm actually a, very, very much in favor of this because the thing is, it, this it, it, it applies for pitchers and and batters. If you just count it 20, 20 seconds in your head, um, it's, it's actually a pretty long time. And if you, if you can't like if a pitcher can't reset in 20 seconds or a batter ne- takes more than 20 seconds to adjust his gloves or whatever, I mean, they, they should be penalized for that. Um, I think 20 seconds is definitely enough because you have guys out there like Jeremy Hellickson and, and Yvonne Nova that just that just sit out there for 40, 50 seconds, just like, like, you know, mulling over their pitch and then just, you know, just standing there. I think Josh Fields also does it a lot, too. Um, yeah, you have guys out that there. That, uh,
0: they- uh, would that clock start when they get on the mound or when they get the ball back from the catcher?
1: I'm pretty sure when, when, it, when, they get the ball back. Um, and yeah. Yeah. But I think 20 seconds, I think that's, that's, that's a really good way to speed up the game. I was thinking I would shave off a lot of time. Um, because you see guys like Jacob DeGrom, that they, 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 don't take, um, you know, um, they don't take that long to throw. They get the ball and they throw. And they, they obviously Jacob DeGrom had a lot of success. So I don't think it's putting pitchers at a disadvantage at all. Um, um, because 20 seconds, again, it's a lot, it's a lot of time. Now, obviously, you have to turn this off. Um, you know, if there are runners on base, because if there's a runner on base that you say you're on first, and you see the pitch clock is about to hit zero, you know, you know, a pitch has to be coming when the clock hits zero. So, you, I mean, if there was, you know, you know, if, if there was, if there was a pitch clock, you know, when there were, runners, there were runners on base, obviously you have to turn that off because you know, because then a, when the base runner could just yeah. anticipate it and
0: it would yeah, be and too that, easy to get the jump.
1: Yeah, or you know, or pitcher could pick off a guy or something like that. It, it'd, be, it'd just be there. There would be too many ways to exploit it. Um. So yeah, but I think it. I think it's been tested in the minors, and as it has be, uh, sped up games, and I think it would just yeah, it would just be more fun to watch. Um. Too instead of just having to sit there forever. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The next rule right here is a single trade deadline before the All Star break. We already uh, discussed this a little bit, but yeah, I still think it would be. I don't think it'll be I don't think it's a. It's a. Yeah, I don't think it's a great rule change because I I get one single trade deadline, maybe like you know end of July, which I think is what the regular trade deadline is now. But before the All Star break, that again, that's that's just a little too soon. I don't think it's gonna. You know, I'd say let's let's just say that Corey Seager. I know I don't know when he got injured last year, but uh, sometime early in the season. Let's say instead of Corey Seeger getting injured, you know, early in the season, he gets injured right right, right after the all star break and the Dodgers need to go find a shortstop. Well they can't trade for Machado then because you know they wouldn't trade for Machado before since they have Seeger and and they can't trade from for anyone since there's the single trade deadline. So yeah, pretty much that. Um and I, I think, think uh, that's... go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um I think that if they were gonna move the trade deadline they should maybe even move it back a month the end of august maybe give it more time so tell like a week or two after the uh all-star break maybe it may not be enough time for teams that are trying to make a playoff run to see if they can or if they're not going to be able to and uh i think that they should probably even make a uh, later i think because the uh, longer to trade the better the more action there is in the trade market and i i think they should move it back if they move it i definitely don't think they should move it up
1: yeah because you know cuz you want to see teams compete um and if they make the trade de- trade deadline like before that then teams aren't going to have as much of a reason to compete as as that um the next one i think this act this next one is actually the i think this is the what am i trying to say this is actually my favorite rule i think this, this is the one that should be implemented uh, the most is that there will be draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. So, right now in the MLB, uh, obviously the worst team gets the number one overall pick, um, and that you know and that sets up teams for to tank and to you know to, and to sell off at the, at the deadline. And really, it, it creates a lot of boring games, you know, in, in August and September. And you don't, you don't like, obviously you're not going to wa- want to watch an, a Blue Jays Orioles game in in September unless you're a fan of one of those teams. Like it's not, it's not like like it's not that it's not that interesting to watch, but the thing is here, let's say you give the best team that, does, that doesn't make the playoffs. So you say you give them the number one pick, or you say you give the team that wins the world, wins the world Series and the number one pick. Um, obviously it, it, it seems a little counterintuitive, but the thing is teams will be try, will be competing for wins instead of trying to, instead of purposely trying to lose and tank and get, and get the highest draft pick, which again, in baseball doesn't matter as much as sports like basketball, where the number one pick is like, is like a really important thing. Um, but still, it's nice to have them number one overall pick because you can select anyone you want. Um, yeah, but, but what I'm trying to say is, you 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 make it so that, that teams have a reason to compete in those in those games. That mean nothing, even if they're eliminated from the playoffs, they can still compete and they can still try to get a higher draft pick. And I think that's gonna I would just make baseball a lot more fun.
0: I I disagree. I think that if you were to punish teams that lose and give teams that win. Stuff that's how you create teams that are really good all the time every year because you're giving them stuff that extra stuff that uh, other teams aren't getting because they're just bad. And teams like the Cubs, they would probably wouldn't have been able to rebuild like how they did to create that team in 2016. That I still think is a really good team, they wouldn't be here if they got punished for losing. If you really want to make it so that teams aren't trying to compete for the last pick in the draft, maybe add something like the MLB or the NFL where they have the lottery so that you're not guaranteed the last pick just because you're bad. Last year, I think a, uh, one of the teams that was like barely out of the playoffs, they came in like 12th or 13th in the NHL, 12th or 13th the worst. I think they got the second or third pick. I, I definitely think that's a bad rule because you're just going to make teams that are worse Worse forever, because they get punished if they are bad.
1: Yeah, I get I get what you're saying there. I don't think there's a. Also, what you can do is just take the best team that that, that doesn't make the playoffs. Um, you can give them the number one overall pick, and go from there. And the thing is, like, I, I obviously there's still going to be some. There's obviously going to like you're going to be like a, a like a perennial just like a separation between teams. Like, obviously, you know, at least for the near future, like the Orioles are probably going to be worse than the Yankees at least in the near future. And that's just, you know, just based on, like, a lot, a lot of varying factors. It's not that every team's is going to be, like – it's not like that the, the talent level of every team is going to change year by year. Like, some teams are always going to be near the top. Um, but what I'm trying to say is um, – what am I trying to say? Yeah, I mean, putting the – I mean, you have teams like the, like the Rays and the Athletics who have like the lowest payroll in in the game, and they b- both won 90 plus games. The race, if you give if you give any other manager, um, you know besides the, besides Bob Melvin, um, and and uh, Kevin Cash, if you give any other manager that raised that raised roster, they win probably 60 to 70 games because that team on paper is not that talented. But I mean, yeah, they they know they know how to manage, and again, it's kind of what you're talking about with the, with I think we were talking about with the three batter minimum and everything like that. Um. They know how to manage and they know how to win games by just playing the game smartly. Um, so I, I think there's, that's a, it's going to give teams uh, a reason to get better instead of just getting worse because, like, obviously in baseball the goal is to win and you should be rewarded for winning, and I don't think you should be rewarded for losing. I think that's, like, how it should be in most in, in sports. I, I do think the idea of a lottery could be a, re- a good, a good uh, idea, too, and instead, instead of just making it, uh, leave up to some chance, too.
0: Well, you said you should be rewarded for winning and you are rewarded for winning it's called the world series championship and the rings cool. and stuff and i uh i there's not 30 bob melvins to manage teams that are bad so that they can win games i and i definitely don't think the worst the worst the best team to not make the playoffs should get the number 1 pick i don't i think that'd be a bad idea cuz then they're going to have the best player in that draft probably and they're going to be even better instead of the worst teams are never going to get better because they get, the, yeah. don't get the best pick.
1: I do your point there. Anyway, um, let's go over the, the last couple of rules here. We have, we have a little bit of time left. Uh, so the, uh, the expansion of rosters is 26. Um, I'm fine with that. I think adding one guy, especially because in the national league when, when teams are constantly running out of guys, but also a toll pitcher maximum, which um, I just think would be better since to, to because you wouldn't need a three-batter minimum if you only had 12 pitchers maximum, which is a seven-man bullpen. I think if you put that in, you don't need to put in the three-batter minimum. So, yeah. And
0: any final thoughts, Chris, before we end before we go here? Uh, I think as setting the roster would probably be a good idea. There could be more players, and I uh, I think that would be a pretty good idea. Just because more players means more players get to play, and uh, you won't have to switch pitchers when you have more guys. Or you – um you won't want to use more pitchers in a game when you don't have as many for the next games.
1: Yeah, anyway, uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in to this this, uh, episode of Rattle Up. I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, See you later.
2: Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710 and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D. C-A-S-1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.